1: who run it? You know you are acting like it's down now. I tear the club up, false sure. yo. This flow is gonna bring my dough you do, you know, and like now, no, I, mean, I say I'm running, because I'm in control. Hypnotic, can you see a couple shots of control? I ain't feeling nice, I get your highs and okay. Party pops, on, sister, coming with me tonight. I ain't self related, I ain't snapping and popping. Either I'm bobbing my head
0: or I'm just standing and watching. I'm a hustler, a hustle, you can tell that I'm paid and I protect what I got. I'm in the house with my blade, nigga. Blade it down now.
1: I said the club up, up show. This flow is dope, it's gonna bring most dough. You know what Jack can like it down now. You know what that can like it down now. I said the club on funk show. This flow is dope, it's gonna bring most You know what Jack can like it down now. We got together to do this music, and more we begin and balance, we just develop the fellowship through it. There's no potential to friendship, name it, it's friendship. Me and them is the name, is the same for him. See is see me, Welcome to an all new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan, and this is your Friday episode. How the heck are you? Um, I, I try to do four episodes a week, and then the fifth I put on uh, Patreon. So I did a full Real Housewives of New York episode three recap over on there, patreon.com forward slash So Bad It's Good, if that's your thing. If not, all good. But I was talking to, um, I did a podcast today, I was guesting on a podcast, and then I realized, and now we have like close to 400 episodes that most of those haven't, uh, I mean, all of them haven't seen the main feed. So if you're looking for watching watching my evolution or de-evolution, go on over to Patreon. But today, folks, we have somebody that, I mean, I just hold in such high esteem and she has been so supportive of me over the years. Uh, Kate Casey from Reality Life with Kate Casey. We did this conversation Yesterday, yeah, we did the <laughs> sorry, yeah, we did this conversation yesterday. And I, l- let me give you a little not backstory because I, I talk about Kate and our relationship in the actual um, podcast. But um, so, so Wednesday, I had a, like my mom had a good day, I had a good day, and then um, I went and saw Mission Impossible 7. I took my I took myself on a date I t- at like the nine thirty showing at like the Harkins in Gilbert Arizona, and I had a fan fucking tastic. This Tom Cruise might be a little bit of a weirdo, but man, he makes good action films. I, I was bl- I was blown away, and I was as Love Island fans, I was buzzing. I was like so hopped up afterwards because I thought it was such a good action packed movie. Um, I really was blown away by it. My friend Heather Nicholson, she texted me and she was like, Oh, the performances were bad. And I was like, Yeah, but the performances that you don't go for the performances in a Mission Impossible film, you go for the action. In fact, I texted Meditza at like midnight, or, or no, I went 12 twelve thirty or one in the morning because I was so hopped up after seeing this action film that it, I said, I was like, Man. I wish my knee, I wish my knee could like, it made me want to do stunts. It made me want to run around. And I was like, I wish my knee could work. So I could do stunts in a mission impossible film. That's how hopped up on this film. I was, but, but then, um, I couldn't fall asleep. Couldn't fall asleep. And then at three o'clock, my mom, mom had a really bad day yesterday, like extremely bad day. And, uh, but you know, we, we got through it. We got through it. Uh, wait, sorry, you guys, this is Thursday when I'm... So that was Tuesday? and I have gotten all my days mixed up. But, but what I'm saying is basically today, Thursday. So this was Tuesday night. Okay. Good podcasting, Ryan. Anywho, it's it's been quite a week, you guys, man. Anyways, uh, my mom has had a better day today, and it was so great. My uh, my second cousin, my mom's cousin, Connie, came in from Sonoma to visit, uh, to, to spend time with my mom um, this afternoon and evening, and it was just so needed. And I got to see so many photos of my family, like of my grandpa and grandma and their grandpa and grandma and all these cool photos from the fifties and all the guys just there with their stern faces on. Like you you couldn't smile back then in the photos. And it just, seeing my mom as a little girl and it was just, it, it just blew me away and just hearing all these stories. And it was just, uh, I don't think, uh, I don't think Connie listens to this show, but what a, what a, what an amazing thing that she did coming out here. And I know it did us a lot of good and and really, really was just fantastic. And a a reminder of um, what family can mean. And also remember family isn't, you know, your, your blood relatives. Family is what we make of it. Family is our friends. Family is you guys. We are a family not to get all cultish about this, but listen, you know what we need to get cultish. We will Um, no offense, Tom Cruise, but I, I, it was just made me really appreciate um a reminder and especially when things are tough sometimes you need that little respite because i didn't sleep at all that uh, i guess it was tuesday sorry guys i didn't sleep at all tuesday night and so yesterday i walked around like a zombie so i did this interview with kate at like 10:30 in the morning and i had not slept and there is nobody and that's why i'm so glad i know kate because she was just able to riff with me. And so this goes all different directions. I mean, the the latter half, we get into Bravo and stuff. But the first half, we're talking books. We're talking documentaries. We're talking personal stories. And I love when you kind of have that relationship with somebody where you can go anywhere. And Kate's so good that she will go anywhere and has stories about everything. And I just... um, So listen, that's what I love about this show, too, is that we'll go in all different directions, you know, we'll hit Bravo. We'll hit pop culture, but also we'll talk about our families. We'll talk about books we've read. We talk, and I appreciate you guys letting me go to those places. And I hope you can get some sort of enjoyment from this because I sure enjoyed it. And these are the kind of conversations right now that I need of just, just like let's just talk about things that we love. And uh, like I said, it does get into Bravo and things like that. Um, but it was just so great because at the end it was like I wanted to keep going. Kate wanted to keep going, and I just love things like that. So of course I. I know things that are happening right now. The Lizzo situation we'll be dealing with on Monday's episode. We got the Southern charm trailer that dropped today. I'll probably do a separate YouTube video that will be in the podcast on Monday about the the Southern charm trailer breakdown. And there's tons of pop culture uh, happening. But the cool thing about this is that we have show after show after show to catch up on all of that stuff. So basically, I hope you enjoyed this conversation, but also once again, I thank you for being here. You know, we build this day by day, we build this listener by listener, and it's really, really exciting for me and um I hope you stay with me i hope you you stay with me and uh and we can keep growing together and uh yeah, I really didn't have that much to say so this has been a it's been a quite uh an evening just it's wild just looking at all these family photos. I am I am due just to go out and be silly I I I can't I'm gonna go back to LA for a couple of days and I just uh I need a little I need a little breather um and I just need to uh it's hard to explain and I'm sure you guys know what I'm getting at but it's hard to explain so um that's it you guys but I really do hope you enjoyed this conversation because I love it and I love Kate Casey you know her you love her you probably listen to her show but if you don't uh, there's there, she's there every day. She's she's reliable, she's amazing, and she's somebody that inspires me and somebody that has encouraged me every step of the way. And I think that is something, um, that's something that I'll always remember about Kate on top of how amazingly talented she is herself. So that's it, you guys. If you like this show, rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. All of that stuff, but I hope you have the best weekend ever. Um, I miss doing the Vanderpump recaps that we, you would get on Friday, and uh, oh, but at the end of that, I'd always say, remember, it's Friday, you got the weekend. The weekend is yours. Go drink something good, go eat something great, go hang out with your family, check in with yourself, go work out, don't work out, dance to dance to insane song. Not Lizzo, I guess uh dance like nobody's watching or dance like somebody's watching just do whatever makes your heart sing and then bright and early on monday i will be back with the pop culture roundup if i don't see you on patreon sooner okay here she is the one and only kate casey you guys, if you have been listening to the show, you know I'm all over the map right now, even more so than usual. So I, uh, I've i reached out to people that I truly enjoy talking to. Not only do I look up to this person. I mean, I really, truly credit this person as giving me inspiration for doing what I do. I think she is a legend in this business, period. Uh, what I do admire even more about her is not only... I love her Bravo takes, of course, of course. But what I think has been so amazing watching her over the past couple of years tune us in or turn us on into things that we should be watching that we might not know about. She has a newsletter that comes out, I believe, every Sunday that I look forward to every week. And if you have not signed up, sign up because it gives you a list of five or six things. And I consider myself up on pop culture and things to watch. But this there's always one thing that I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, sometimes, damn it, I can't watch all of this, but there's so much good stuff. And she makes it sound so interesting and fascinating she talks to everybody out there she's talked to all the bravo celebrities of course but she now is talking to producers directors the people that get inside these stories i can't wait to see where she goes in the future because it is a constant uh inspiration and i will say it's not it's 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 inspiration it's not something like your um It never feels like competition because I could never compete with her ever, but it is inspiration in, wow, look at what you can create. We always said in acting class, create your own content. And this person has been a maverick in creating her own content. When the industry goes right, she'll find a way to go left. I mean, I truly think if you do not add this to your roster, what a big mistake because you are missing out on the knowledge of so much great television and and stories that are happening right now. So, of course, you know her from the podcast Reality Life with Kate Casey. Here she is, the one and only Kate Casey.
0: Ryan, that was so nice. I, If I die tomorrow, will someone just like play that?
1: If you die tomorrow, they're going to think I killed you, Kate. Like, they're going to (laughs) literally play this audio on some weird Dateline episode or some show you would cover on HBO Max. And they're going to be like, Ryan Bailey talked to her the day before and predicted her demise.
0: Have you ever daydreamed like I have that you will at one point appear in an episode of Dateline? Um... (laughs) Not as like not like as an expert, but like I know somebody that maybe (laughs) like I want to be in an episode where it's like, oh, I went to school with that guy, and let me tell you something.
1: (laughs) My worst nightmare is if I like my worst nightmare is finding out what people actually think about me on a dateline episode. If they're like, he was obviously creepy. We all knew. We all knew. We always talked about it behind his back. No one would ever say
0: that. No, no, uh, no, no, I uh, ever say that. I no, bet there are a bunch of girls, if you were, like, in an episode, a bunch of girls from, like, acting class would be like, I totally had a crush on that guy.
1: I, I sweated so much through acting class that I really find that <laughs> hard to believe. And, and Kate, I was in acting class with... Army Hammer, Joe Manganiello, I was in the acting class with all those dudes, but also like all like Whitney Cummings, I had like a big baller class. And I was the least successful person in my successful class. And that was always so brutal to show up every and everybody would talk about what they're working on. And I'd be like, I worked here during the day today.
0: Well, because you had a real you had to do a real job. I had that experience when I took classes at the groundlings.
1: Oh because my God, you took Groundlings? I would. I did because
0: <laughs> I had a, like a day job and then I would drive all the way from Orange County to take my classes and they would all be talking about workshopping and the things that yeah. they were doing. And I'm like, oh, I was talking to my client like half hour ago. There was a girl in my class who w- made it to that uh, Charlie Sheen show. Um, I'm forgetting oh. it now.
1: Uh, uh, and anger and management, men? anger, no, uh,
0: the, the one before the two that and half, two and a half. Men. Uh, no, the,
1: the one that he was, was like his on big that,
0: one. with John Cryer, that one,
1: two and a half men.
0: Okay. Two and a half men. So she was on the show and I could never get past that. I was like, she is so boring. She has no personality. <laughs> but then I thought, I think that she had like the perfect TV sitcom body. Like she was like yeah. olive oil, like just a string bean and knowing how much weight television puts on you i thought maybe she just is like the per. he must have been like that's the girl i want because she is the right look but she didn't she certainly wasn't funny oh and then <laughs> i had the hottest teacher oh my god i had such a crush on him should i announce his name who cares yes, why not i probably so know name, who he is. hugh davidson
1: Yes. Yes. I know Hugh. Hugh, actually, I watched him when he was in Sunday company because my friend Nick Wagner was in Sunday company with him. And that's before <gasps> you get pushed up to the actual yes. ground lanes. And I remember seeing him. I would come to every Sunday show that Nick was in and I would see this guy and he looked, he just looked just like a very handsome guy. Like I even no, knew. He's, I like, oh is my God. He was so guy.
0: handsome. But I felt like I was the only one who was in love with him. Okay. So he was my, my teacher and I just had the biggest crush on him. And i did something that's so embarrassing across the street from the groundlings there was an italian restaurant and i went with my friend nikki who i worked with (laughs) and we're sitting there at the dinner table and she's like well how you know how how are the classes going i go i gotta be honest with you this guy i have the biggest crush on he's my teacher he's so hot he's so funny i'm like going on and on and on okay
1: he's right there
0: there's a knock on the window i look over there's hugh davidson And his friends are sitting at the next table. when I say next table, Uh, it's like basically we're conjoined, you know?
1: Yeah. They must
0: have heard me say all of that and probably told him. One other weird thing is – I don't know if it's weird, but I just enjoyed it – is that I guess he has a reputation of being a curmudgeon. But I took all these classes with him and at the end of the session – he sent me this long email with uh, suggestions of things that I should do. And I told that to somebody else from Groundlings later. And they were like, he never does that for anybody. So he was probably just doing something nice. But I held on to that. Like I held on to like a dream. Like well, maybe boy. in one, yes. in like a parallel life, we could have dated. The other person that I had a <laughs> parallel life experience with was John Krasinski. I went to um (laughs) that cafe on third what was that called where everybody went toast okay so I went to toast with my friend Kathleen (laughs) Kathleen was in town and we went with her sister to lunch and John Krasinski was like a table over and I felt like we were looking at each other this was before he like obviously met Emily Blunt and fell deeply in love and is the happiest person in the world but in my parallel vortex dream I pictured myself talking to him outside of toast and then we ended up together do you well, have anybody I, like that where you – it was like this parallel vortex world where you envisioned well, yourself with somebody?
1: I mean isn't that I, – I feel like – I mean just to be honest, over the years, and I think this is the danger of social media, is that you will – you will imagine your, I've imagined my life with thousands of people, you know, like when you're (laughs) like, you're like, I wonder what that would be like, like you, you have these imagination things. It's like, you know, the fantasy about winning the Powerball. You're like, where would this go? And I think the thing is sometimes I am so, um, uh, I will, you know, sometimes I am not the most confident person. So even in the fantasies, I'll blow it somehow. I'll be (laughs) like, yeah, but then then she'll find out. She'll find out that it's like not an act and then they're going to be annoyed. Like I'll have those kind of where it's like tempered by reality. John Krasinski, by the way, uh, I remember he first moved to L.A. He lived in an apartment by toy on tie on sunset. And my friend Patrick was engaged to this girl, Jordy. And I remember he moved in and he was all flirty with Jordy. And we were all like, who's this guy? And he had just gotten the office. And we remember just thinking he was so cocky. And we didn't really like he didn't oh, talk really? to us. really, But well, listen we were guys like upset that he was like talking to somebody else's Shorty. girl. Yeah. And she thought he was the cat's pajamas. And obviously you know, he's turned out like, you know, he's had a decent career, but I, re- we just remember being really. And then you're like, that's a fucking dude from the office. Like that's, and we just yeah. saw his career explode, but he was very, I remember being upset that he was very charming that upset uh, us.
0: Well, he's really, really smart that girls just love a guy that talks about English literature or at least I do. I don't or know. Bravo.
1: Bravo the other big thing. They love a guy that talks Bravo. I'm joking. I think
0: they do. Um, I, don't you, do you find that women go bananas once you can discuss the shows that they love? I bet they do.
1: I think for like half a half a second, like half a second. And then it's kind of like, Oh yeah. I, I think there is, that, that sounds good in theory, and then you get into it, and then you see how much I actually do watch these shows and pay attention to them, and then it gets eerie, I think. It switches over from, like, I'd much be, I read a lot of books and stuff like that, but I would much rather be considered book smart than Bravo smart, even though I'm proud yeah. of loving Bravo, but... Um, we're moving on though, you were talking no, wait,
0: about. No, wait, I, no, I'm not going to yeah. let you get past this for just one yeah. second. What makes you very interesting in the same way, my friend? Do you know my friend Hillary Shepard? She's been like in an every made for TV movie. It sounds she's familiar. always in like the, she was a Power Ranger. Um, <laughs> she's been in like everything, but she's okay. So she always, when she talks about reality shows, it's the same that you do. You guys have an interesting lens because you spend so much time watching people's uh, picadillos and studying their personalities as an actor that I find your observations are so interesting. Like I am looking at them through the lens of like, I think of myself as a cultural anthropologist, but actors have to spend so much time studying someone's personality and their mannerisms that your, your perspective is so interesting. I think.
1: Well, no, I mean, I appreciate that. I, I will say though, I was talking about this yesterday in regards to Nini Leaks. Now I know you yeah. are colleagues and friends with Carlos King, who just did that two-part interview with Nini. And I was going over all of the notes on the Nini Leaks interview, and I was I was making that point was that you know, there is a certain star quality about certain housewives or people in general that even what I love about Nini is even if I don't agree with a with I, I would say like 40% of what she says, at least she has a strong take you know there's like when people yeah, have well, strong have to, takes sure. yeah but a lot of people how many housewives have we seen come and go that didn't land because they didn't have a take they were happy yeah, you're right. to just mm-hmm. be there in the background and i think that's what takes to really set you apart on these shows even though mm-hmm. it can cause long term pain like we've seen with nini but i um but also um sorry just to get back cuz i was thinking about this where do you get your drive kate like that's the thing i always wonder when i talk to you because um and also at, in addition mm-hmm. to what you said earlier mm-hmm. about your um about right uh hugh writing you this letter and you held on to this um no 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 i have seen, but i'm surprised
0: don't be surprised if i'm buried with it i'm not kidding you no
1: i mean we all do this i remember being on your show for the first time and i held on to that because i didn't have my own show at the time nor was that even in my purview like i wasn't even thinking but i remember holding on to that well if i got asked on kate casey's show well at least that's something good. And you've always been encouraging to a lot of these podcasters out there. will always, you know, you'll always get brought up about you, you being encouraging to other people. But what gives you your drive? Because you talk about, I mean, the, you make it look easy, but you, it's struggling every day. You mm-hmm. know, you, you're having to push yourself up. And sometimes yeah. it's so hard to do that when so much other stuff is happening around you. Where do you get this drive?
0: I always feel like i'm at the bottom of the hill i always do and i don't know how it happened but i have this thing where anytime i feel like i'm kicked down i find the f- fire to get back up it's almost like i use something that happens that's shitty as as a reason to like propel myself even further forward It's like this game I have to play with myself all the time. Like I get discouraged all the time or like I get overlooked for things. And I try to turn that feeling of disappointment or feeling overlooked or, um, you know, uh, basically overlooked into an opportunity to challenge myself. So I kind of play that game in my head all the time. My inspiration, I'm just tireless about the pursuit of um, figuring out someone's personal story. I just feel like I have always been fixated on people's stories from the time I was really little. And I've said, um, I've done this Saturday series of my podcast where I tell more of my personal story.
1: That's what I was going to bring up. You've started to actually share your own personal story, which you had not been doing previously when you first started. And I think that's so fascinating.
0: Well, I felt like after seven years, maybe I should tell people a little bit about myself and maybe they would understand more about like why I – uh or why I'm interested in certain interviews, the lens through which I look at life. And I've kind of realized in that process from the time that I was little, I had like a totally dysfunctional family. And even as a little girl, I always used this weird coping coping mechanism, which I recommend to people. Whereas I stopped looking at the people around me in my f- family as my own, like, like as a shameful extension of myself more as like television characters on a sitcom because I watched a prodigious amount of TV. I loved watching television shows because it was a great escape. And I was like fascinated by different characters and their picadillos and the way they looked at life and their, their, all of that stuff. So then I started looking at the people in my life, particularly like my stepfather, who was awful to me as a TV character, like if if he were on a television show and he's this curmudgeon sitting in a barco lounger and uh, watching football games and screaming at people, people would think he was funny if he was a character on a show. So if I look at him like a television character, it I, I can release some of the shame attached to me. So I kind of use that. Wow. And then I went to a boarding school for underprivileged kids and I'm living in a student home with 16 girls who come from all walks of life. And I loved it because number one, it was like a common ground. We had trauma bonding because we all came from like very difficult backgrounds. And I just loved to hear their stories. I was like, "So wait a minute, your mom is single, and your dad's in jail." <laughs> so
1: you were interviewing people aunt, at the board?
0: Totally. <laughs> I was like, "And your aunts on Crystal Math, like what?" And there was this one dad that would show up to pick up his daughters. He had daughters that were both in one of my student homes and the Roselli sisters, and their dad would come to pick, him up, pick them up. And I was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed. He would show up in not decade approved clothing. Like he would look like he just left like a rave or like, st- he looked like he left like Studio 54. He would be in like bell bottoms. Like he just did a couple lines and he would show up to pick them up. And I just thought he was the weirdest, most interesting character. And one of the things that he did was he gave them a poster for Christmas of New Kids on the Block and he forged all the names of the band members. And so they opened it and they were like, Oh my God, our dad totally forged all the names. And I was like, that is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. And so it's just like a bunch of people who also had like totally weird families. And I I really do think that most things are funny. I find the funny in everything. Yeah, so yeah. when I was there, I was like, Everybody has the most unbelievable story. And I kind of just adopted that throughout my life. I'm always just fixated. Like when I was in high school, I would go to like rent out videos and stuff. And I would want to watch documentaries. Like what, for example, there was one documentary I watched, I don't know, four times. I covered it on my show. It was the one about the plane that crashed in the Andes mountains. And like a bunch of the members of the rugby team died. Yes. And they had to eat each other. Yeah. I watched that like, four times in a row. And then I got the the video after that which was behind the scenes of making the actual documentary. I was not a normal person. Like normal girls my oh. age were like let's go to a party and dance and I was like no, I want to just find out why they had to eat each other after the plane crashed.
1: Oh my god. I mean that's I, that's uh, I remember when I was growing up uh watching that it was Oscar nominated but Hoop Dreams.
0: Hoop dreams, Lo- and hoop I was, dreams, classic. I was, One of the best was sports docs. Yes.
1: Fourteen years old, and I went and saw. I found that in a movie theater because I had read Roger Ebert's review, and I was the weird oh, kid yeah. that was. I I I got this Roger Ebert book of like encyclopedia of movies, and I would try to watch everything in this book. That's and back that then, I right. worked. I worked at a Blockbuster and I would get the Sunday paper and I would play this game. I would get the TV section and I would go to the back. And this is pre, I mean, you had real world about to start and I would get in there and I would highlight everyone I've seen And everyone I haven't, and I would keep score every week. And it became O C D like, oh, if I've seen a hundred of these movies, it's gonna be a good week. If I haven't, I need to make sure I get up to and every week it would be this exciting thing, and I Mm -hmm. would check out movies from the library. I would and it is interesting, documentaries have always been my thing, and that's why I love everything that you've been doing on the show about putting people in other directions. Oh I mean, that would. Well, uh, I, uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, rest in peace, was on the Actors Studio a long time ago. That Inside the Actors Studio oh, with James Lipton, show. and he said, "He's like, just go on a subway. He's like, look up, look at the human behavior, and you cop. are. Go- he's like, you are going to see more interesting things on that subway than any fictional movie could ever show you. And I always that that held true to mm-hmm. me. But I do need, and I don't know, for me, though, Kate, I need that lens of it still being on TV. Sometimes it's hard for me to do that in my own life to find the fascination, and I, I hide myself away. But I can look it through a TV screen, and I'm fascinated.
0: I feel like if you go to a dinner party with me, I'm at the end of the table, and I've suction cut myself to somebody and whomever I'm with is like, oh, can we leave the party? I'm like, no, they just got to the best part of the story. I, My husband gets mad at me all the time because I get sucked into people's stories. I was on um, Balboa Island and I went into the store and my husband's like running, like driving around the block to try to find a parking spot. And he's annoyed and he keeps calling me to pick up. And I didn't pick up because I started talking to the sales clerk. And within 15 minutes, she's like, I've never told anyone this before. And then proceeds to tell me that her mother's boyfriend went to Mexico and shot her father. And I was after my husband shows up, he's like, why aren't you picking up the phone? I'm like, how can I pick up a phone in the middle of that story? I'm sorry. Can you just hang on with that moment? I know you've just said you've never told anyone that story, but I just have to take this call. It's like when someone's talking to me, I shut out the entire rest of the world. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm see, I need it. this though, Kate. Like I need it. I need it to be on a pod. Like for some reason in real life, I can't, I'm not good at this. Like I, I, I even noticed that about myself. It's like, I, I don't get into conversations with strangers. I don't, but on well, this, you, can I ask you a personal question? Yeah.
0: Do you have ADHD? Yeah. Okay. So I have a child with ADHD and I feel like I'm a total expert on it now. Have you ever watched the disruptors on Apple TV? Mm -hmm. Oh my God, changing your life. You're going to watch it today because it's all about how the ADHD brain works. And it totally makes sense that you do because when you're in your zone where you're fascinated with something, you completely deep dive it. But then sometimes in social situations, it's hard for you because the other person is working at a, a slower rate in their brain. You basically have a Ferrari brain that's working so fast that you want to jump to the next thing. And the person that you're talking to is oftentimes most times slower than you are. So it's hard for you to calibrate for that. And after years and years and years of that, you're like, I don't even, you know what? I would just like to avoid that situation. That's yeah, why
1: that's, fascinating. that's real. That, I mean, do you know what they say in that good.
0: documentary is the, like the number one job for ADHD?
1: What
0: best jobs for ADHD trauma surgeon like a colonel of the Marines, because you live at this like elevated state. Look, I'll give you two examples of it. Um, interviewed this guy from the challenge. His name's Jordan Wisely. Unbelievable. He, <laughs> Do you know who that is? Yeah, He's like, yeah, yeah. like, a, like a, like a two fingers missing and he wins all of the challenges and we're, I'm interviewing him. I go, I gotta ask you something. Do you have HD? He's like, Oh my God. Yeah. How'd you know? I'm like, it totally makes sense. And then he went on to say the reason that he wins all the challenges is because You know, when they're sitting around the house and they're all chatting when they're not doing the physical challenges, he said they're, they're all draining their batteries. He's moving around the house. He's fixing drains. He's like moving his body. So by the time they get to the physical part, they've drained themselves emotionally. And then in the physical part, because you have ADHD, you probably need physical exercise in some capacity every day. You guys can work longer and harder than other people. So now I have this theory that I think that most Olympic athletes are probably ADHD because your brains are working at a higher rate and then your body needs to move movement. Like you, yeah. when you were studying in school, I bet you were far more successful if you could take a test for 10 minutes, get up, walk around and then go back to the test.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, of course. I mean, this, by the way, this is what I'm saying. This is where I can actually pay attention. Um, but, but if it's you know, not of can, interest
0: to you, that's the, your problem ex- is that if it's exactly. not inter- you're like, you're gone.
1: Well, okay, so you love pop culture like I do and reality television and all of these things. And you were just mentioning about deep diving things. And I, I was talking to, I think- uh oh, you,
0: you're uh, a deep diver of epic promotion. Well, yeah, but,
1: but I'm saying we used to, I mean, I don't want to romanticize it, but there used to be some victory in being able to deep dive when we didn't have everything at our fingertips. And now everybody, we can just go on the World Wide Web. Like we have all of this information. That's have true. you noticed that shift over the years in covering everything and and by the way I was saying the other day I was like well now everybody you know I always call myself a pop culture commentator but now I see everybody calls themselves a pop culture commentator everybody is doing this not podcasting in general but everybody has a very strong take like I'm always curious where we're going with this where do you see because you've been doing this you know seven years plus loving this your entire life where is this headed where are we headed with not only podcasting but pop culture
0: I do think that everybody has their hot take on pop culture but the difference is that the good deep divers are relentless in their pursuit to the end of the story. So like you might see somebody on TikTok or Instagram and they're like, "Okay, so Aria, Ariana Grande is getting a divorce and uh this is the guy that she's now dating." But they kind of stop the story. But a good deep diver will go, "By the way, has anybody noticed that her new boyfriend looks exactly like her brother?" <laughs> okay, that's the, some Freudian shit right there. Yeah. So It's the people that go that you got to go all the way to the end of the story. And most people don't do that. So I still think there's a space for the deep divers of the world who love pop culture. Um, I think that all things are circular and I think it ebbs and flows. That's what I should really say. And I think that there are a lot of people invest in pop culture, but I think they'll, they'll move on to something else soon. I don't think those things stay.
1: How have you seen podcasting change since you started?
0: Uh, Um, okay. There are far, there's oversaturation of the market. I think that the, the networks are all with this belief that if they get somebody who's like an actor with like 2.3 million Instagram (laughs) followers, that if they give them a podcast that it's certain to be a big time hit, but what they don't get is like certain people. And this has been true for many years. Like certain people work in certain platforms, like a YouTube star is not always great on, instagram or twitter yeah and conversely somebody who's on uh twitter is not always great on tiktok so when it comes to podcasts like just because somebody is an actor on a scripted series it doesn't necessarily mean that they could create content that can entertain people you know in a a series of 12 episodes for an hour so i i think that People like during COVID, a lot of uh, people started podcasts and then people got excited about a, like a couple different celebrity driven podcasts that were successful. And now the industry thinks like all the podcasts should be done by celebrities. But I think some of the best podcasts that have been created are by individuals, people who don't have big platforms, who are so smart, so interesting, great deep divers, great at going down the rabbit hole and have like a really interesting lens in life. And I'm hoping that it's going to shift back to what podcasting really began with, which was somebody who has a very unique idea and position and personality, and they're able to grow it.
1: I, I mean, speaking to your point, and I think you watched this as well, I was watching last night. Uh, Netflix has this great series called Untold about sports uh, so stories. Good. And I was watching the one on uh, Jake, Paul, Jake Paul, who is who is now a professional, well, like getting to be a professional boxer, but he obviously started on YouTube. And I, you know, the first 20 minutes is talking about his ascent and his drive with his brother, Logan. And I've never been the biggest Jake Paul fan from what I've seen, but it was very interesting. And that's why I love documentaries as well, was that it was interesting to watch like, oh, this is how we started. This is where and they were telling a good job at that story. But also that's interesting too of like, yeah, not everybody's good at everything. And it's interesting then when somebody, you know, is hugely successful on YouTube and then tries to become a boxer and actually is becoming successful in marketing. And people it thought properly. it was a
0: joke. They're like, This oh, guy's yeah. not gonna be a boxer. And it turns out he's like unbelievable. Wait, two things I have to tell you because I think you're gonna be into it. Um I know I'm jumping around, but I just know you're gonna No, be this is this.
1: great. But and by the way, you guys, this is what we do and <laughs> I hope you're enjoying this because this is the conversation I need today. So <laughs>
0: Okay, number one, I just interviewed this guy who hosts the show, Survive the Raft. It's on Discovery. It's basically a bunch of people they put on a raft for 21 days that leaves Panama and they have to like they're trying to like win money, but it's this observe, it's like a social experiment because they're filming them on this raft. And it was a 50-year-old experiment done in 1973 that they are redoing. Anyway, the point of the story is the host is really the story to me. Okay, so this guy graduates from high school, tries to become an actor then it like doesn't work out for him so he goes to Darfur and works in a refugee camp working with kids from there he enlists in the military becomes a green beret does two tours afghanistan and iran o- or iraq over 6 years leaves the military goes to university of texas and decides i want to play football but has never played one game of organized football oh. becomes a standout player then gets recruited for the Seattle Seahawks and is now like a TV producer.
1: Wait, Kate, so you're saying if we want to make it as TV hosts eventually, we gotta to go to Darfur, then we gotta to go to like mean, a
0: story. And yes, so. and they made the ESPN made a documentary about him called The Long Shot. Oh, what he was also, about sports. Wait, wait, wait. I hate sports, also, love
1: sports documentaries.
0: He was also the guy that told Colin Kaepernick, you should really kneel. I'm not kidding you. He's okay, like so he, you he's like the
1: Forrest guy. Gump. He's like the Forrest he's Gump Forrest of everything. Gump. Yeah. Like he just, yeah. wow.
0: Okay. That's so insane. his name's Nate Boyer. Got to look him up. The other thing that I think you're going to love, speaking of the Paul brothers, it's reminding me of this, like weird relationships with siblings, like the Richard sisters, which like we love, like, you know, deep diving, complicated sibling relationships. <laughs> I have a book for you. What book? It's my current obsession. I'm almost done with it. I'm dying. What is it? It's called Jackie. It's by J. Randy Tabarelli and Tara. Oh, and he, he, he did the Michael Jackson. He did Elizabeth Every,
1: Taylor. Yes, he yes, did, yes, yes.
0: yes. You know it. You know it. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: His new book about Jackie Kennedy is holy ship. I used to tell people, if you're going to go to the beach, get Tina Brown's oh, it's book,
1: right
0: here. Tina Brown's book, Diana used to be my go-to beach book for people. This one is the new one. Okay. And here's why. You think you knew everything about Jackie? No way. I mean, I have a son named after Jack Kennedy and a daughter named Caroline. You would think I know everything? No. This book, he it took him three years. He got access to letters that she wrote to other people. They're a boyfriend's name that nobody knew anything about, but the relationship she had with her sister, Lee, is like Richard's level craziness. <laughs> okay, I'll just give you like a little spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lee, her sister, met JFK first, and they're diabolical mother janet who's basically kathy richards goes you know he should really be with jackie that's messed up lee was sleeping with onassis for a little while and then like that breaks up and then her sister marries him later (laughs) <laughs> and Lee doesn't go to the wedding. She's like, why the fuck am I going to go to a wedding when I used to sleep with him?
1: We've always had stars of reality television. It's just that we didn't have reality didn't television have, exactly. during this time. Um, well, speaking of, I mean, th- now that just gets me so excited because I, I've i been listening to a lot of audio books on like drives to Arizona. Oh, this and is, stuff, you got to and- do it. You got to do it. I listened to Paris Hilton's autobiography, which I'm sure, you know, she, who knows what she wrote, but it is interesting. She was talking about Bethany Frankel being her nanny, because of course, you know, Kyle and Kim, and she was talking about Big Kath, which was, you know, her grandma. And, you know, her grandma, she was shipped over to Big uh, Big Cath, Kyle and Kim and Kathy's mom when she was going rebellious. And, you know, just be imagine being under the tutelage of Big Kath. If you know any stories about the Richard sisters, you know how instrumental Big Kath, their mom, well, was. I got I something. Mean, what for a training you. ground. Yeah.
0: I got something for you, my friend Carlene. She's from Palm Springs. The year that Paris moved to Palm Springs to live with a grandmother, Carlene was friends with her. And Carlene's mom, used to drive Paris to school all the time.
1: I, I gotta tell you, man, that, that, that memoir of Paris Hilton actually changed a little bit. That and the YouTube documentary on Paris Hilton that came over the pandemic changed how I view Paris Hilton to be like. But I
0: feel like she's just scratched the surface. I feel I, like the book that she writes in fifteen years will be better. Like I feel but don't like. Don't you there's feel like that was so every more. one of these? Well, but she okay, but yes, that's but true. even
1: like if you think about the Bravo celebrities that like put out their book. Like I was thinking about LaLa's book the other day. Give them LaLa. And I was oh like, that
0: book's t- totally irrelevant now.
1: I said well that's what I, I said at the time. I said. I, this book is great. It's fine if you're like, like Bravo and like her, but I, and this was when she was still with Randall. I was like, I can't wait for the book. 20 years from now, when she's done with Randall, when she's done, because that's going to be the real story. This is just a warm up. Like Paris Hilton had already lived an insanely full life. So I was kind of like shocked because most of us don't live that kind of high profile life that get, I mean, she off to the wilderness camp, but anyway, Oh, I got a book for you. Uh, have you read or listened to Oscar Wars by Michael Shulman?
0: No, but that's okay. Even if, Right up Even, my alley.
1: Oh my god, it is so. Is this it's better to read?
0: Like, do I need the hardback or do can I? Is audiobook better? Listen,
1: listen to the audiobook, and also if you don't like, you know, and and sometimes I want to warn people because it starts with the beginning of Hollywood, and I find that fascinating, but a lot of people don't. But you can skip ahead to like the '60s or the '70s when like Midnight Cowboy came out, Easy Rider. But then it just gets so it gets like it gets into all the Weinstein stuff with the Oscars and the competition oh, between Steven C- Spielberg with Shakespeare in Love and Saving Private Ryan and how like all like the tricks that Weinstein used to do behind the scenes it went into like exhaustive coverage of the Moonlight La La Land debacle with the the envelopes and it oh, sh- like yeah. it goes step by step on how that envelope got switched out to the wrong envelope that Warren Beatty read. but for me a movie kid you guys might not even know what I'm talking about but I was I wanted to bathe in that audio. Oh, I, I it, totally understand oh how that, that
0: feeling. Yeah, um, I went to a lunch three weeks ago, and there were two women from Saturday Night Live there, one of the original members, and I. It took Lorraine everything Newman? in me. Yeah, Lorraine Newman oh. and um, um Julia Sweeney, and I. It took everything in me not to weep. <laughs> oh. I actually, then I I go, I go, I just need to tell you before I go that if I, what would I say? I said something like, if I could tell my younger self that I would be sitting here looking at the two of you (sighs) legends, I want, I cannot wait to go home and tell my daughters that I got to meet both of you. And then I started crying and then they started crying. You I know, think it's important I, I, to tell people, don't you think? When you I, meet somebody oh, yeah. who made a difference, yes. you got to tell uh, people. I mean a thousand
1: percent. And and a thousand percent. Um, it was so interesting though with Saturday Night Live. I've watched every episode of that show up until last season, and it was so heartbreaking for me because I watched it, my dad made me watch it with him, and I I mean oh, I grew so up cool. loving it so much. And it was that frustrating thing where I was like, I don't know if I can keep doing this because I would, okay, just watch Weekend Update or just watch this. But the internet now moves so fast that most of the jokes that you see on Saturday Night Live are already used by the time it gets to Saturday. But what I kept thinking was, yeah. it reminded me of, I don't know if you went through this, like I watched every season of The Real World. And oh, then there was once, season. but then there was that, it got to the point where I was like, wait, why am I, this isn't even the same. I don't even, and it it was that, but it was also we're getting older too. And I was, Mm -hmm. I just sat out there going, man, I hope kids out there love SNL and think it's the funniest thing that since sliced bread, but it's just, I'm having to take a step back. And there was something that was very sentimental and it it made me sad because I'm like, I'm just now wasting an hour and a half where I don't necessarily Love any of this except for like a key moment, which I could usually see on the internet, anyways.
0: That's sad and true.
1: Um, okay, so movie again. This, this is a little warm up, you guys. <laughs> um, okay, so I don't think you you probably haven't seen Watch What Happens Live from last night, but I was watching it this morning. I really saw quickly. the
0: clip. Okay, so Erica one?
1: Jane, Eric, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not a woman, I don't think you are at this place, nor do I need you to reveal this, but. Erica Jane said that she has lost, you know, what a great deal of weight. She looks, you know, very uh, fit and good, or whatever the word you want to call it is. And she said it's not Ozempic. She said it's going through menopause. And then I led me down a rabbit hole well, of that's reading just stupid. about it. Men- that
0: doesn't yeah that that, that doesn't, life doesn't work out that way. I, I think okay. here, I'm, As a c- former crisis communications expert, I would say to all of these women: just because someone asks you a question doesn't mean you need to answer it. I mean, ultimately someone's weight there, whether or not they get their period, whether or not they're going to have another baby, uh, all of those things are a deeply personal question. And if you don't want to answer it, then just say a lady doesn't tell her secrets or something you don't need to answer it and you don't need to make up a dumb lie because when you but a, make d- up but a, a dumb, dumb lie, lie that's deeply
1: personal, that actually involves your body, like menopause, I would imagine was, is a very personal thing as well. And so it's an untouchable thing where you can't really ask follow-up questions to somebody that's saying, well, I went no, through menopause. No, you
0: can't. But then in the aftermath, she has all these people going, okay, you gotta be kidding me. Like that doesn't make sense at all. She could have avoided this whole thing by just saying <laughs> a lady doesn't tell her beauty secrets. Just because someone, this is a life, life, life thing. I tell my kids this, I'll tell you, I'll tell clients that, whatever. Just because someone asks you a question doesn't mean you need to answer it. And conversely, answer the question that you want to answer. If someone asks you, did you murder your brother? Doesn't mean you have to answer it. You answer the question that you want to answer. So you go, I've always loved my brother. You are in control of your own life. Yeah, I mean,
1: well, it just is so interesting, though, to look at Erica Jane. You know, you know, she just uh, went to that luncheon with the the victims of Tom Girardi, and it seemed like that, that was a was positive bizarre. experience.
0: That I was, mean, bizarre, bizarre, but
1: oh, of course. And, you know, Kate, did you ever find this out? Because it was right around the time that they said they picked back up cameras for Kyle and Mauricio. And I was like, oh, please don't say this is going to be filmed for the picking back up cameras. And that's why this is happening. Do you know if this was for uh, the, think, I, the picking back up cameras?
0: I think what happened is similar to Vanderpump Rules where something gigantic happens and they have no choice but to follow that story. If they hadn't followed Mauricio and Kyle, it wouldn't have made sense. They have to because that's apparently part of the season is that they're having these marriage problems. So if you have something big like that happen, you have a responsibility. So what happens a lot is I think a lot of the producers and the crew members are like, Ah, uh, the t- the three four months our contract is completed. Now I can move on to my next project or take the vacation I wanted, and then something happens. And unlike scripted TV, like you have to keep following these people's stories, and then you find yourself you're like working, and then they're probably pissed. They're like, I hope I'm getting paid for this. But you yeah, have no, to follow I mean, that. No, completely. You're like, Wait, but Kyle what, what? has a girlfriend. I wonder though. I don't I have no reason to believe this, but my own intuition do you think it's possible that maybe Morgan is like a sober companion? And I say that because Kyle has talked about her sobriety a lot yeah, you, in she like just the celebrated last year. year,
1: anniversary. Yeah.
0: And I believe Morgan, I don't know she's much about as well. her, but what I've heard she's is sober that she's as well. sober as well. So is it possible that people are jumping to a conclusion? I think that people that from my understanding, if they're in a sober program, that's a deeply personal thing and they don't always want to announce that. And so is that impolite of people? It is, I don't but know. it's
1: it's it's like your Erica Jane thing of like um, a lady never tells her secrets is that even if that is the case it's not something but I will in in where I don't think that is true is that you know, this Morgan Wade has a burgeoning career that I don't think she would be able to stop and be a sober companion and travel around. Like there is something yeah, but more, maybe but I she think has maybe been mis-
0: sober for a long time. Like they, I think they say in your first year, they don't recommend you getting into a big relationship or having a new job or something like that. A big, a big life change. Maybe she's been sober for a while and maybe Kyle now wants to make a docuseries about her because she's been so instrumental in helping her with her sobriety. I'm just saying, what is that a possibility? I it is feel a like, possibility. I, but would I feel also feel like shit if people were like making all this commentary about a relationship that didn't actually exist.
1: I, but I also think that this could just be a special friendship that is not a sexual relationship. Like, I mean, true. I could, absolutely I also, 100%. if you are going through marital issues, I have gone through marital issues. Mm-hmm. You do look for people that are not friends with your actual so spouse. True. So and true. so it is like, of course, and we know Kyle always loves country music. You know, it, it, obviously seems like a special friendship that Kyle needs. I don't really care, but it is interesting because the conversation of, uh, sexuality is now coming up more and more on Bravo, and I know you were just on vacation, so you haven't caught up fully with Roni. But in one of the recent episodes, Jenna Lyons, who I know a lot of you guys knew, I've interviewed her before. I've interviewed, her
0: before. I've interviewed Wait, her before for what? She had a show on um, Max. It was about her her new business that she had she was starting. So I interviewed her for, this- for it.
1: Was, it, I was find, it a good show or was it?
0: It was good. Like, it was interesting. Yeah. I think that she's like such a, I, at first I was like, I don't know how that's going to work on Real Housewives. Also because like we had private conversations like before and after the interview where we, she was like asking me what, what she should watch. And I got the impression like she doesn't watch Real Housewives at all. So that was like, okay. Cause I, I just find her to be incredibly fascinating and quirky In a way that she's almost like the most interesting person in your art school, right? And so she's like fascinating, but I didn't know how it would mesh with all the other women. She almost like needs her own show.
1: Well, Does that, that sense? So that's yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, I don't want to say anti housewife, but she is that housewife that is pushing against these, you know, she's very honest. She's like, listen, I I've never really done girls nights and sleepovers unless it was a romantic situation. She's honest about it, but it's also interesting being the one that all of these ladies already know. So they're already yeah. coming in with these assumptions or wanting to impress her. And she's just like, listen, I'm just oh, me. I'm not she, not, she doesn't come off ragged. by them.
0: You don't no, she, roll with the corral she, that she's been rolling with for all these years. Like she hang with Beyonce. She there's dressed not,
1: Michelle Obama. Like I mean, yeah, like, like
0: there's nothing they can do. The best thing that they can do is just be themselves. She seems like the kind of person who's like, I love the fact that you are weird in your own way.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's it. And I love, I love seeing that. I love, I I'm still totally digging her, but it's fun to watch the other ladies' reactions to her. You just don't want to get too in the weeds with that. But it is that thing with first seasons of housewife shows where I'm leaning in and I'm still at that place where I have, like, I was talking about Tamara from the OC the other day. And I was saying, you know, when I look at Tamara, I think about all the seasons past of Tamara. So all of my thoughts mm-hmm. and feelings go into when I look at Tamara on screen, all these Roni ladies, I don't know them. So it's all new each my week. Favorite. I'm like, okay, it's that's my interesting. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You- you, I keep telling the audience, like, you lean in a little closer. I'm more willing to hear their stories. And when I get an answer of why the behavior is the way it is, I'm like, oh, sweet. That's why. Oh, side, That's why. Cy it's Grew like a puzzle piece. Poor. Yes, exactly. Yes. But with Tamara and the OC and a lot of these you, you long housewives shows. You know the whole shows, story.
0: Yeah, you know. Well, and that's it
1: why it gets frustrating because it gets almost mm-hmm. like, uh, this is a show. And you're in the OC. You know all of these ladies. By the way, I the OC yeah. seems well, so flippin' small because one. all you-
0: It is small. You,
1: do you know Chen, Pat- Chen Patandri? Chen I don't know
0: her, but I remember Bronwyn telling me the season that she was hired. Oh, they're looking at me and this other woman. At that time, her Instagram handle was like Koto Mama 5, I think. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, she's like a yoga instructor. So I'd heard about her a long time before. But she lives um, in Kodo, which is, um, it's it's not close to here. And plus, our kids would never. Here, Here's the thing about OC. I've said this before, and I'm sorry if uh, people have already heard this, but to, to, to kind of explain it. Um, And I really do believe that each franchise has to tell the story of the the people that live there. That's like the the, the sixth character, the seventh character. So what makes OC really weird is this. You basically stay in your own little neighborhood. Very few people go... It's like similar to New York. Like if you're in New York, you kind of stay in the Lower East Side, right? Like you wouldn't hear people hanging out in Staten Island if they live in the Lower East Side. It's just weird because... They just stay in their own pocket. So you Which we saw
1: in Real Housewives in New York. The ladies complained when they had to go to Leah McSweeney's side of town. So,
0: absolutely. So it's the same in the OC. So like people who live in Laguna Beach would never hang out with somebody in Coda de Casa because that's 45 minutes on a highway. You stay in your own little neighborhood because your lives, like your your friend group, your social group intersects usually with like your work, like whatever you do for work or your children or in this case, which makes Orange County very interesting is like the people you went to college with. And my experience here is that most of the people that at least live in the towns where I live, they all went to USC. So they went to the same high school together and then they went to USC and they were same sorority or fraternity and they still hang out now. So as an outsider, it's almost, it's near impossible to have entree into different social groups because they just They just like to have their own set of friends. And when they have their own set of friends, they, I mean, they do everything together. So it's not unusual to see a group of friends from this area go to Palm Springs and they're all going to get matching trucker hats. They're all going to say the same thing. It's going to be like YOLO or the, you know, a birthday age or whatever, or they go to Cabo it's like a pack mentality here where I would say like in New York you're you want to set the trend in OC there's a paranoia about not about not following the trend. So everybody has the same car, they go on the same vacations, they have the same conversations. If you go to a party it's like who's your interior decorator and where are you going on your next vacation versus the conversations in Beverly Hills are uh, about like you know industry stuff or like have you been to Dubai? New York is like totally different conversation. That's what makes the all the franchises very interesting. So Orange County never really makes sense to me because I never feel like it's really telling that story about how impossible it is to be an outsider and how people are so clicky. So it would never make sense for Emily and Gina to be friends. They don't even live anywhere near each other. Tamara would never be friends with uh, with Gina or Emily. Heather Dubrow guarantee you would never be friends with any one of these women <laughs> she lives in her own little pocket her kids go to a specific school she her house has parents. its own
1: zip code her house is the only i mean her house the 55 million dollar house that she just sold yeah i mean like yeah, okay it's, so it's when wild. you would
0: go into her neighborhood that neighborhood in the house that she just had you go into the gate then you go up a hill i think it was like two miles it's like steep uphill then you get to a gate and then you go through another gate just to get to her house.
1: She's so salted, she's, basically she's have, salted like, the earth. She's salted so the earth. She's when like,
0: Emily's like, or not Emily, Joan Gina's like, oh, I'm just here on PCH, just driving past with gifts for your kids in the car. It would make no sense. Yeah. No, people also I, are lazy drivers. So if you're in, okay. So you, that's kind of like LA too. So you know, in LA, it's like somebody's in West Hollywood. If somebody's like, come to Santa Monica tonight, people are like, oh, fuck no. That's like going to Utah. I'm not doing yeah, that. Like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't know how long. It's the same thing in OC.
1: Um, that's, that's incredible. But you were talking earlier about, I mean, in reality though, Real Housewives of Orange County, the first season was kind of like that because it did show the click and there was an outsider. Was awesome. Remember we had the so outsider, good. uh, Joe, yeah, Joe, Joe De La Rosa, uh, and but also still-
0: Kimberly, Kimberly was the outsider because she was trying desperately to ingratiate herself into that Codo de Casa tennis club. And she was basically bot like not botching. I shouldn't say that, but like modifying her body to look like the quintessential Orange County housewife. Remember she had the breast implants that were way too big for her tiny body and she had the hair extensions. And when she left the show, she completely changed her look. She cut her hair. She dyed her hair darker. I think she took her implants out. So that is so true to the OC story. You have outsiders that come in. It's not easy for them to be accepted. And then they modify themselves because that's the OC way, the paranoia about being part of the trend and not setting the trend. So if you are an outsider, like who walks in and you look like a woman from New York, I give you six months, you get lip injections, you get the, you know, you wear the, the short skirts and the platform heels.
1: <laughs> i mean kate have you ever tried to assimilate to the oc look have you ever been like not a i gotta day get in my life. i gotta get a butt implant no. i gotta get a like no, i mean that's it's so
0: much in fact people if i go to a part of people like you're not here from from here are you i'm uh, like no i look like um you know like a like a j crew girl from philly uh
1: shout out jenna lyons j. okay crew, another huh?
0: thing that's weird about here is that and I'm just so East coast this way is like people on the East coast ask a lot of questions. So like I was um, on that podcast, queen of the con that Aliza Rosen does. And they were asking me about this one woman named Lizzie who was like a con artist. And I go, OC is perfect for a con. And here's why nobody asks questions. So when I ask questions, just as you would, people treat you like you're interrogating them. (laughs) They're like, well, why are you asking that? No one asks (laughs) questions. So you could move here and make up a, Totally fake life.
1: Which is interesting
0: because the people that go on Real Housewives, they think that they can do that. And you're like, no, 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 there's the internet. uh, Like people will find out. It's wild how
1: many people want this celebrity, this specific celebrity of being on reality television without realizing a lot of people are going to jail lately. A lot of people dig. Like people don't realize like we deep dive everything. and And I feel like it's this momentary lapse of judgment of momentary Instagram fame and then completely having every bad mistake you've had in your life dug up, people zeroing in on what makes you potentially annoying immediately. I mean, I don't know if it, the cost risk benefit, like I don't think it's there anymore. Like, I mean, who here is, I mean, we're, we're not going to see somebody like Bethany Frankel for a very long time in terms of selling their liquor brand. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. Kyle on, Kyle Cook on uh, Summer House, maybe, but not to mm-hmm. the level of that. So you're, you're saying, I just want this, momentary, very specific kind of fame that reality television brings. And I think sometimes people think that is so much more worth it than stable family, stable this, stable that.
0: Well, yeah, I just saw this Instagram meme. It said being famous on Instagram is like having monopoly money. (laughs) And so I think that they sign up because they're like, well, if I become an Instagram star, social media star, then that means that I'm going to get all this monetization. And it's just not true.
1: No, it's not true at all. I mean, it's, it's not true at all. I mean, in fact, it's like that, it, I mean, okay. Anyways, uh real quick, OC see before we skip to, uh, to, uh, I want to ask some Vanderpump things real quick. Is that, um, do you, do have you ever drank with Shannon Bador?
0: Never. Mm-mm. No, I've seen her at restaurants. Um, but no. Mm-mm.
1: Do you know that tiki bar that she supposedly got kicked yeah, it's, out at? It's,
0: like a quarter mile from my house.
1: Yeah, I hear it's like kind of a ratty. You, I hear it's like a ratty. It's ratty. Bar.
0: It's in a, like yeah. a little strip area. I'll tell you exactly. what else is <laughs> in it. It's like a boba place, a tutoring center, <laughs> a, like a chicken spot, and a nail salon. It's you know what? I'll take a picture of it. I'll take a picture of it today, and I'll send it. Yes, to you. you can post it with the episode. I'll post,
1: yes. I, well, I because my friend lives in the OC, and she was telling me, she goes, "Man, wait, she was at that tiki bar, like that tiki, like what? like no
0: one goes there. It's and so what, weird."
1: The, and, and at the end of this past week's OC episode, which we're going to see a new one or tonight. Wait, who's by your the time friend? Airs, Do I know them? Uh, no, her name's Millie and her and her mom live there. And she is always out and about with her mom and always bumps into Shannon Bedore. Like she bumps into oh. all of these ladies.
0: Well, tell her and, to say hi to me. If she's, Oh my gosh, she,
1: I will. She actually I'll makes really cool vases. pottery. like see and stuff, me at so CVS or
0: something. I don't know. Um, see me.
1: I'll actually tell her today, but she, uh, I just get this impression uh, of Shannon Bador that like last week she like was like, you can't talk about John Jansen and took her mic back off, which I think these things need to be stapled to the housewives. It really does. Like, I'm like, what is this secondary life that they have potentially?
0: Okay. So my experience with her, that I first met her like years ago outside of Gulfstream, which people who listen to my show or, live, I am there all the time. That's my favorite place. I don't go anywhere else because I'm a loser. I'm like one of those people that like has a certain thing they like to eat and they eat it all the time. I'm just boring like that. So my experience with her is she was still married at the time. That was my first experience. And she was with the kids and I went over and said hello. And I felt like her, her eyes were darting back and forth. And I wondered at the time, imagine yourself, if you were like, you know, studying actors and you met somebody and they're with their family, and they just start like darting their eyes back and forth. Your impression would be they're paranoid, right? Yeah, Th- that's what I came across. I was like, I'm just like introducing myself and saying hello, and I I wondered at the time, is she like this for all people that are in the media ad- or media adjacent? But it seems like over time, it seems like I just think she's like that all the time. I think oh, she's totally. just like a, I, I, but I think that's she's why like I a like like frenetic. She's like a frenetic energy. I think.
1: I, I But, like but again, that
0: though. I, I... that's why she's great. And I remember I interviewed um, Doug Ross and Alex Baskin years and years ago, like beginning of my show. And they said that when they were interviewing her, she was just like a character. Like she was like very angry, I think they said, in the meeting because like she had ordered Christmas cards and there was some screw up and she was like complaining about it. Um, it, it felt very authentic to them. I, I think, and I've talked to casting directors where they're like, you know someone's not right if they like they walk into the interview and they're like, you are not going to believe what's going on because, you know, they're kind of like playing it up. But in Shannon's case, she really was like she was frenetic. And then she was like, I'm just so fucking mad and like kind of like rift <laughs> where they were like, that's a window into if we film her all the time, that's what we get.
1: Yeah. And also yeah, so it gives this good foundation for you can go any which way with it. If you have an actual totally. no person, but what I also like about Shannon is that, you know, as much as she's tries to protect, like she obviously is a very sensitive woman, but you know, the way she lets Tamara back in her life, even though like, there's like is like a machine to me. Tamara is like her love is the show and her on the show for her to say that she's best friends with any of these ladies, I think is so false. And uh, the way these ladies buy it, it cracks me up because like Tamara is Tamara. You see it. It's right there. Like you see Shannon. But Shannon, there's something so frenetic well, you know and I sensitive it? that she binds. You know what it? I liked
0: about Shannon too. It remember when she was cast, what made her interesting too was like she lives in this house in Crystal Cove, which is by the way the same neighborhood where Heather just had the house with this like through the three gates. And she has this beautiful home in this very like surface level area, but she was like consumed by crystals in the corners and garlic. She like there is a segment of women, and especially where uh, she lives, where they think they know more than doctors. Like there's <laughs> like like an alternate cure for everything, and I like that that they cast her for that reason because there is a segment of the population that is like that, and it, how fascinating to be that wealthy and then to have like crystal. Like, yeah,
1: it, you know, I we see all the all Eastern these, medicine like, her doctor kept showing yeah, all up, that stuff,
0: but but also the way she would fixate on something like I need eight bowl, like lemons in a bowl. <laughs> I wish they still leaned into that part of her a little bit more. Like, all I the think weird it's hard though things it's, it's, that she does, but it's.
1: See, when you have a show that's that many seasons, I think it's hard to actually get into the minutia of personalities like we can with Roni right now. And I think that's like sometimes the unfortunate thing when you get a show that keeps getting, you know, it's like rolling down the hill and picking up steam. Um, I mean, I will say this season, for some reason, they're really trying to push Gina with all these stories. And I feel like they're just throwing things up against the wall and seeing if something finally sticks for Gina. And for me, I'm like, you slow the story down.
0: I don't want to anybody to lose their job. I want to be very clear about that. However, no, I'm not
1: saying let her go. I'm just saying it's feels I weird.
0: but I am saying she doesn't really work with the show,
1: but we've said that from the beginning and it just I know, got I know like one's
0: listening to us, Ryan. I don't know. But why. like
1: Emily Simpson, I feel like fine. I feel like Emily Simpson has like, but I don't think See, she I, I think now I think she does like after uh, this season, I'm like, Oh, Emily has found her footing. It took five seasons, but it's finally fully there for me. I mean, but I, I, think I really her enjoy pers- her.
0: But it seems like her personality is like, I just want to um, prosecute somebody. I don't, I still don't understand her marriage with her husband. Like, are we just pretending like he's like an okay person now? And I really don't see a, a lot of her mothering. Like, I don't know any of her friends. I don't like her sister with was Annabelle? her surrogate. Her sister yeah. was her surrogate. I want to like about that. bring that back. Like bring her back. I want to see, I don't, really know anything about Emily's life and taking your daughter to a modeling class because you want to make your daughter a model is not really telling me the story of who you are.
1: Oh my God, I love that. Um, Okay, I could talk OC all day, but are you good for a couple more minutes? Are you good? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. You did at the very end of the heat of Scandaball, you got one of the best interviews with the executive producer of Vanderpump Rules, Alex Baskin from Evolution Media, which also does OC Beverly Hills, what was your, I, I don't not need your overall take on Scandiball, but what was your impression of him knowing Mr. Baskin through the years? Uh, did you get a sense of where he was at? Was it excitement? Was it, no? He uh, was my exhausted. God. Yeah,
0: yeah, he was exhausted. And okay. So before the season started, we had lunch and I brought it up in the interview. I was like, remember when we had lunch and you were like, yeah, I just feel like uh, I'm going to have a lot of time and I'm going to be able to relax. And like. I, and then it was like a couple weeks later, they started shooting and then this, this bomb drops. And it, his life is far crazier than you would imagine as an executive producer. So he's taking calls all the time, not just from the talent, but from the network, from his crew. He is so dialed into all these different characters that it's very hard for him to shut off work. Like he really doesn't have a life. And so when something of this magnitude happens, it was like a 24 hour a day job. See, almost like he didn't sleep a lot. There was always a new development. So once it kind of got to the end of the season of filming then all the like the social media coverage and all the news stories and the he was getting texts nonstop from people from different corners of the world he hasn't even talked to in a long time like what's going on with ariana and tom every morning if you open your phone and you're getting that and then you've got all these emails and calls like it burns you out so by the end of the by the time i talked to him he was like i'm kind of over the story like he was like i'm sick of talking about it. i go i'm kind of sick about this story right now and he's like i am too it's, but then just imagine. Too much.
1: But imagine then also having to be that person of trying to talk Rachel into coming back, or try like because you have oh, as an, an executive you producer, you him. can't be harsh. You can't be like screw yeah. you for doing that with Tom. You have to be no, like, like I, I, yeah, no, we need something. Yeah, you are like, I want to know your. I want to know what the he's story very.
0: Is. He's a very empathetic, kind person. He really cares about everybody that's on the show, and that includes the crew. Like he really is v- like a very pro crew really cares about them as well. And he would never push someone to do something that they weren't comfortable with. The story is important to him, but more than that, people are important to him. He's a really, really good, nice person. He's one of my favorite people who works in entertainment. So I don't, I think he'll tell the story in the right way and with everyone's needs and, and hopes and dreams and all of that in mind. I mean,
1: we definitely are at Vanderpump Exhaustion, even though you go online and it's still there. We're still showing every scene that they're filming for season 11. Like, it really is nonstop. And now this week, we got the but confirmation I, I, I that, think Jack, that the Jack show is happening on Peacock.
0: Yeah. Actually, the day I interviewed him for that, exec, uh, the exact excuse me, the uh, Vanderpump post show, he said, we just greenlit the show. Um, I think that, unfortunately this is the beast of the business is that I just don't think people are going to care as much this season. Yeah. I mean, of course, I mean, you, and that's, it, and that's, that's frustrating Comet. as a filmmaker. Yeah, exactly. Only, exactly. It, it, yeah.
1: It's a mixture of all these things that you could never predict.
0: Well, remember he said in the interview he's like, I, you know, I think nonstop of like, okay, how do we come back? Like, how do we do another season? Remember he said in the interview he was like, I, when you guys don't like housewives, uh, you know, seasons, we hear it. We know it. he's like, we get it. But we can only do what we're given. We can only make f- make with what we're what what we filmed and what we were given by the the cast. So I think this might be a season where they're all as a cast members burned out from all of this that they might not fully invest in, and then they have to make a show from that.
1: I I, I mean it's a bit, that's why I always think, and and just back to our earlier conversation about documentaries is that the thing that I will fantasize about is fantasizing about seeing those conversations being that's the documentary I want. but how do you put a season 11 together after this? Like, or or even just like, you know, even like you were saying, like Shannon, like when she met with uh, the producers the first time, she was bitching about this. I want casting tape interviews. I want to see that as like Shannon Bador's first casting tape. It's a 21 minute show. It's like when they did that special on Countess Luann's past back in the day, like before she was a housewife. Like those are the things that I'm now more fascinated in sometimes than the actual shows because, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to know how the sausage is made.
0: You know, it'd be interesting if they did. And here's my suggestion. Bravo. I'm happy to be executive producer of this. Have cast members play their audition tapes and have them put commentary in And, and make sure you choose people that are, a little bit introspective. So for example, if a Shannon, I want her to say, you know, at that point I was really kind of starting to think that something was wrong in my marriage, but I thought that this would be a great vehicle for us to get closer, which obviously I was like completely disillusioned with what would actually happen. Or yeah, I remember that I was so pissed about those cards and I was like, how could you screw me over? I'm Shannon yeah. Mador, or whatever it is, the commentary, but allowing them to look back at who they were before they became a housewife. That would be very well, Yeah, when you
1: when you have now the history that Bravo does. I want them to like lean into back catalog things. They just announced yeah. couch talk. To- they just announced couch talk yesterday with captain Lee and Kate Chastain where they're going to go over like the week of Bravo shows, which I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, you know, I know they were doing uh below deck talk or whatever, um, which, you know, is great. I always wanted to do, uh, the so like what happens in Bravo social media for the week, you know, and then have it like a <laughs> bunch of people like us, like, like, like best week ever used to do of like, okay. Oh my Jack's, God. That was my dream to be on oh, that show. Right. That's, I remember it, being in high school, watching that and just going, yeah, man, if I could make it. And you know, then I mm-hmm. found out later that it was like filmed in this dirty studio and they would just show up like these people would like, oh yeah, we got paid a hundred bucks. You know and I thought? Wow. These guys oh are God, like the cream it. of their, I mean, Paul they're Sheer it. and all these guys. Yeah. But, um, uh, okay, so uh, we're, God, I could keep talking to you forever. I wanted to ask you this, just, this is so off topic with Bravo, but I just, I don't even know why I want to, I want to, like, I went and saw, like, I'm here at my parents' place and I started watching all the Mission Impossible Tom Cruise movies that are on Paramount Plus just because I was like... And then the new Mission Impossible Mission Impossible 7 came out, like, a couple weeks ago. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts, I got a pair of green shorts, I cannot wait to style these for summer, and I gotta tell you, the quality is great! because Quince has all the seasonal must haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call one-eight hundred discover to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And last night, like around like I I snuck off after work and being with my family at like nine forty-five to see it by myself. And I was I don't know if I just need I was blown away. And I was like this Tom Cruise, man. Like, I. What is your take on Tom Cruise? Which I know is, you, I. You. I'm not even sure, even how interested in him are you? But I'm Do just like, like it's when wild. I look at him,
0: when I look at him recently, I am grateful that he's allowed himself to age a little bit. Yeah. He looks like somebody though who has gone through an emotional tornado. Like, it makes me wonder what has happened behind the scenes at the Church of Scientology and his management offices after the fallout of the Katie Holmes divorce. And then all of the media coverage, like I want to be privy to the conversations like you got to, you know, got to dial it down. You got to go and disappear for a while. This is our strategy when the movie comes out. I feel like he was surprised how well the Top Gun movie remake. And then he became king King of Hollywood, like welcome back, genuinely was surprised. And is still like he strikes me when I see his body language, it looks like He's almost waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like they'll have that's him at like a studio and all these people are clamoring to get his attention and he's like grateful, but it's almost like there's something behind his eyes like are like he's afraid someone's going to go up and go, "What the fuck is going on with Scientology?"
1: I will tell. He's well, like it doesn't he seem mean, like well, on edge.
0: Uh, well, I think that's like, just like how he just intense. Must, he's intense. He, Leah Remini must like haunt his dreams. The intensity. You, I he, kind I, I, I'm i curious. He's so
1: he's so cocky that I sometimes wonder if that actually is the case. Or when you think you are so in the right, no, if you are no, so no, no. indoctrinated that you might. Oh, believe yeah, Leah uh, there, Leah it is? is wrong.
0: You got to listen to Rob Lowe's podcast because he does this. He did this interview one of his first episodes where he talks about when they were on the set of The Outsiders, the Outsiders. Outsiders. Yeah. and he's like, he was not like the rest of us, like. Yeah. Rob yeah. and Chad grew up in Malibu and they were friends with the Sheen brothers and blah, 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 Um, or the Estevez brothers. And they were like, he shows up and he was all business, all business all the time. And it seems like everyone says that like all business, like doesn't have a moment of like, like, let's we- just hang around and kick no. it. So imagine that personality and then the indoctrination, like there's no hope for you.
1: Well, and also you know, it's like I, I remember back in the day, if you're old enough to remember, like the Tom Cruise gay rumors. And to me now, like, you know, decade plus later of those rumors, I was like, oh, to me, it's not even that. It's just he's asexual. He's attracted to making movies. This guy only wants like to make focused. movies. Yeah. He, movies. he And I was yeah. watching this Mission Impossible. I'm like, I don't even know how you begin to put a film like that. I mean, and those other ones were pretty intense. But this was like just nonstop where I'm like, this guy is insane to even... I, I was yeah. blown away by it, but then I just kept thinking of like the man behind you know who, it of like, you know what else is intense?
0: but he, I think he has humanity to him and he's funny and all of that. But I was listening to an interview that Ben Affleck did with the guys from smart list. And they were talking about Matt Damon. And he said, even as a kid, Matt always talked about directors and producers all the time. And he would only pick projects according to who the director was. And Ben was like, we're literally like just trying to make 30 cents. Like it's a made for TV movie. And he's like, well, no, I really, you know, you got to go with the director. It's like that those people are so successful because they're, they're so intense. They're impassionate and intense about something. I like, I feel like the, the Richard Branson's the Elon Musk, all those people are similar, by the way, all of ADHD brings you right back to the disruptors
1: when am I going to start making my ADHD money? Like those guys, my God. Um, uh, Kate, Oh, I, you know, I was thinking about this too. I was thinking just so we can, maybe it seems like this kind of stuff works. We should get into some kind of podcasting fight. Like it'll be great, <laughs> but we should start calling each other out and really go like, just we'll, we'll get pre-approved some like hurtful things about each other. And and really, and cause that's can do
0: TikToks about it. Right.
1: I do notice that. I mean, even watching the Jake Paul documentary the other night, I was like, okay, like we, we should start some kind of <laughs> war and that war. way we bring more ears to mm-hmm. all of our podcasts and of course we'll be fine, but people will be like, have to tune in. You know, it'll be like Howard Stern back in the day when he would wish death upon his competitors and we really get people involved in in this, this potential battle between Paul, us.
0: But the Paul brothers have something going for them with for- with, which is what the Kardashians have going for them is that they're like a pack mentality. So it's like anything you promote, they're also going to promote too. And it's not like losers like us that are out on our own. So I think maybe we should be legally adopted. And we're siblings. And then we create like a, a new family, yeah. like we'll come up with a new last name.
1: <laughs> I was like, we should start a drink brand or something like that. Like we do, we, I mean, we've got to start thinking. Uh, we've got to, we has got to start playing brand. 4D. We can't chess.
0: do a, we can't do an alcohol brand because like everybody has it has to be like um, it has to be something like something that's used by all people but is little left of center. Like you know, or, we should can we start or our own kind of
1: o- or maybe <laughs> our own, our own kind of Ozempic. We could start a personal. Oh, you could do brand? that.
0: We could a do that. Yeah, we could do and that, a semi- No other podcast yes. is doing that, and no other podcast will be like this. Is. Semi-glutide,
1: yes. And then we'll be like, "Can we tell you if any housewives are te- uh, taking this?" No, we can't. Wink. And like, right. we'll be like, uh, we'll yes. uh, we'll infer that all everybody's taking our Ozempic brand.
0: Isn't it surprising no celebrity has endorsed that yet? Do you think they're having conversations? Okay, here's this. Uh, uh, I know of a couple that has like a. A, a brand of clothing like workout gear. And they told me, Yeah, we were getting calls from Tori Spelling that she wanted to represent our brand. I go, if you have her represent your brand, you're out of your goddamn minds. So what who are the celebrities that are calling the <laughs> semi-glutide companies pitching themselves as spokespeople? I
1: you know, that's so interesting because I was thinking back in the day when um who is that? He was a good-looking actor. He was in, like, Blade. Uh, but he he was, like, the first guy to do an ad for e-cigarettes. Uh, Steven Dorf.
0: Steven oh, Dorf yeah. or something? Steven, he, remember when he, everybody thought he was so hot? I never got that. Yeah,
1: and now, but he did, like, this first... And this was, like, 10 years ago. He was like, I smoke yeah. e-cigarettes. And now I was like, wow, what a pioneer for vaping. He was a pioneer. He was a pioneer. A pioneer so who's going
0: to be the pioneer that goes... Is it going to be Sharon Osbourne? I feel like she's talked about it recently. But you know what? She's not yeah, totally... She's- amped on it you gotta have somebody who's like this has been life-changing i've loved every single day of it i haven't had anything to eat since you know it's gotta be somebody you would
1: never you would be like oh why are they doing that do they need them like i thought they were good with this other thing it'd have to be somebody that you just like lionel richie or somebody like it's like what lionel richie like right he's not he doesn't even need it but i would just do you think it'll be be, somebody you'd be shocked it'll be
0: will it be a, a male or a female celebrity that comes forward
1: I think it would be great if it was a male because that would buck the trend that it's just for females.
0: Interesting, good point. Uh, it's got to be something. What about that's- a
1: celebrity couple? What about a celebrity couple? Like we're Tom and Rita Wilson mm. for Ozempic.
0: I feel like the Osmonds could do it. Like Marie Osmond and like the do- and Donnie or something. I, mean, uh, I, feel, I feel like, like Marie they would does. Not, I feel like they would beg to do class. it. I feel like Marie they would does like every weight loss. Thing. <laughs> what about Valerie John Gosselin? Bertinelli? John Gosselin. He's back in John the John Gosselin. There you John go. John
1: Gosselin would be like, you know, back in the day, I put on some weight due to stress. But, That's a great know. idea.
0: That's a great idea. Yeah. Because he's got a new girlfriend. So he I now know he just came out like, with that. He
1: just came out yes. with that yesterday. Did you watch that dark side of the uh, 2000s that episode with the the, the one? story?
0: Yeah, I did. I did. I still have not gotten to the bottom of like what happened to Kate Costan and the bodyguard boyfriend. Like were they having sex? What's happening?
1: That period of time, that period of time when he started wearing, uh, John, the Ed Hardy shirts and he was hanging on the boat with Christian Ajayijay, or however oh, you say yeah. his name. And he was dating the girl that the, the, was it the, the gossip reporter that the gossip also then went on to went date
0: Lindsay Lohan's dad, L- 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 Michael Lohan. She like went off the rails and I think she had a baby with Michael Lohan L- 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 too.
1: Her name was Kate something, and I knew yes. she had some alcohol issues, oh, but I just was remember a that disaster. all right. of a sudden being a huge fan of that TLC show before I did any, I mean, this is so long ago, and then all of a sudden to break up, and I had their book, Multiple Blessings, like, I was a real fan, and then all of a sudden he's on a boat smoking cigarettes and drinking vodka Red Bull with an Ed Hara. But, I was yeah, like, but at this the is same time,
0: But at the same time, you're like, that makes sense, because if you had been married to her, you would have done that too, <laughs> and that horrible haircut, and then they lived in the dinky house. Well, I watched it because <laughs> they lived in Hershey, which is where I went to boarding school oh, and my i was parents, like why would anybody want to do a reality show in hershey it's like so depressing there
1: my well that's hershey pennsylvania right yeah that's where my parents went to uh on their honeymoon to what, chocolate
0: or oh, to the chocolate to hotel cho-
1: yeah yeah well i mean well i saw this is back i mean they've been married Wait, 53 that's really years. what
0: okay did need? Well, you, you but needed, also we, it was
1: a cheap place they were they didn't have a lot of money you know like or at oh yeah, the time yeah you it could was, go the and time. they have the yeah.
0: spa with the chocolate you need to tell yeah. them that i went to the milton hershey school they'll be like that's so sad."
1: I was like, you went to anyways. Um, Kate Casey, you are the best. I, you know, thank you for just going everywhere with me today. I needed this conversation (laughs) for my soul. Um, uh, reality life with Kate Casey, there are like four episodes a week. I'm telling you, also sign up for that newsletter. Now I'm doing six
0: episodes. Sorry,
1: guys, six episodes. There's a newsletter that I want you guys all to sign up for, especially that I love. I really highly recommend this newsletter. What else is coming up? Are you doing BravoCon this year? Are you doing. Well, I asked um,
0: to be a moderator, but I just don't know if they're going to ask me. I hope they do. I'd love to moderate a panel with producers. Um, the, by the way, the, 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 the newsletter is at katecasey.substack.com. And I'll tell you why it's also good is that you can go back and look at archive lists. So if something doesn't like set with you this week, you're like, eh, I don't like it. go back to older weeks because there's something you may have missed. In fact, I have an that's episode so this week where it's like what to watch this summer and it goes back at some things that people may have missed. Like, by the oh. way, did you watch Who Killed Robert Wone? Not yet, no. Oh my God, Ryan. You have to watch that this weekend.
1: You know what, you know else what that's I ab- love Wait, that you do you, know a- what that, n- do
0: you know what that's about?
1: Somebody that killed Robert Wall.
0: Robert Wone, I'll uh, just, the, here's the net net. He is married guy. He lives in Northern Virginia. He works at, as a general counsel for AirAsia. He stays in the city to, with his friends because he was working late. So he gets to their house at about 10 o'clock. It's his friends who are, uh, two men, they're married and their friend who I think is like polyamorous with them. And by 1120 or something, there's a call to 911. They're like, there's must've been an intruder. Our friend's in the guest room and he's been stabbed. What makes this even more strange when the night, when the responders show up, those three dudes are in crisp white robes freshly showered their friend is upstairs with a stab wound but there's no blood anywhere where And this is on peacock is this peacock yeah Yeah, peacock where's the blood why are they in robes
1: wait does it answer it or is it is it left open
0: they give you some theories so you can think about what you yeah okay
1: also, you know what I responded to, too, is that Wham! documentary on Netflix. So good, right? What a bright, shiny, and also very happy, interesting to think uplifting. about, yeah, to think about George Michael, what happens afterwards, because if you watch yeah. his documentary called... Um, what is it called? Older or something like that. Um, it's a you know, not a companion piece, but just how dark his life got after this. And Wham was yeah. such a, this bright and like him finding his voice and how he could write music. And I just thought mm. that was that blew me away. I love origin stories of watching somebody take something and just watch it explode. So cool, cool. But have you ever K- watched Casey. The,
0: have you ever watched the Dolly Parton one on Netflix?
1: No, no, I ha- oh. I love Dolly Parton too. I don't even think I knew it was on there. Oh my there. god, I
0: no, think. you gotta watch that. You gotta watch that. I cried. Okay. Two things. I'm gonna tell you two docs I cried about the Dolly Parton one on Netflix. I ended up interviewing a lyric, like a, a woman who wrote a book about all of her lyrics because it, she's fascinating. Dolly Parton. The other one, did you ever watch the Natalie Wood documentary on HBO?
1: Natalia Grace or no, no Natalie, Natalie Wood. Wood. Sorry, Wood. Yes, I did watch that. I did watch Natalie Wood and her de- Oh my God. Did you know Christopher Walken was on the boat the night she died? Not- I, sure I did? Realize- I, know, I know the whole thing. I think and, it was an
0: accident. I think they were just, I think really? she was drunk.
1: I don't know. There's something about Robert Wagner that I sometimes don't like, I'm like, ah,
0: uh, uh, you know, it just seems. Well, then do you remember the documentary? The, the daughter interviewed him at the end.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I cried hard in that one because of what the life that she could have lived. Like, I think she would have run a studio. She, how about in it? Robert Redford's like, she's, I'm, she's the reason I have a career. Like, she totally fought for me. She was such a great person for other actors, like, really um, helped other people. And I feel like she – also in that doc, when they found – her daughter found that letter that she had submitted to a magazine but then scrapped it where she basically says she was sexually assaulted on set.
1: Yeah, I – I went and saw where she's buried in Westwood. Have you ever you been that? That celebrity? Tommy. Oh my God! It is this. It is. There's this in Westwood. You would not believe it because there's all these big buildings, and then all of a sudden, in between these buildings, there's like this most beautiful, peaceful cemetery. But it's Hugh Hefner's buried there. Marilyn Monroe, Jack lemon and Walter Matthau—they're buried Monroe. right next to. But they're they buried are? right next See, to each. other. Yeah, they're buried next to
0: each other. They're buried next to.
1: Um, uh, Hugh Hefner is buried on top of Marilyn Monroe. Oh, that's um, gross! Like, are you the, kidding uh, me?
0: He no, ra- a... he arranged that.
1: Well, I think that I think that I don't know the actual history, but look that up. But that that is in the He's same a mausoleum. Piece of shit. I can't stand
0: that. <laughs> I'm so pissed <laughs> off about that now. But I like the Jack but Lemon. You should, you like, should go walk
1: around this because it is one of the coolest, uh, most peaceful, and people oh. you know obviously pay top dollar. But some of the biggest celebrities are all here. The Jack Lemon Walter Matha thing I love so. I love well, both I love of them that. so much. Um, but I God, now I'm that other uh, thing. Like I wonder if one day we'll okay, have like a one, reality show me uh, uh burial ground.
0: I swear to god, this is the last thing. I'm so the worst. Have you recently in the last decade gone back and watched Bad News Bears with Walter Matthau?
1: I have not. I watched no, I have so
0: not. Funny, because it is not appropriate. Like that, that show does not hold the movie does not hold up. First of all, he shows up to the baseball practice and he's an alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) Like that would never. And then Kelly shows up on a motorcycle smoking a cigarette. Like no movie would be greenlit like now with that.
1: Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I like we've gone backwards and we've gone forwards in some ways, but it is interesting. I don't know. So it, you guys, or even
0: like re- Hoosiers, Hoosiers, the coaches, I like love Hoosiers, too. Dean Hackman. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, alcoholics, uh,
1: they're just, they make great movies. They don't make great in real life if you know them, but movies, but I'm saying good. they're
0: like erasing that story from movies. Like, because it's like, Oh, well that like, like that's too sad. It's like, well, that's reality though.
1: But like you said, everything's circular. So it'll probably come back right. around at some point. If we study pop culture, like we do reality life with Kate Casey, 30 episodes a week. Uh, go subscribe <laughs> to the newsletter. Hopefully we'll see her at BravoCon. Oh, and Facebook group uh, too. Turn the
0: Facebook, oh, Facebook
1: group. group. Yeah. Reality well, Life with Kate, Kate Casey Facebook group. Um, yeah, yeah you're, you're, she's brilliant. So uh, thank you, Kate. Yeah, thank I really appreciate that. I love you so much. Love you too.
0: Betches.